Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Be different. That's the message from God to you today. Be different. Don't be like the people around you. Don't do what they do. You be different. That's what God told Old Testament Israel in the reading from Leviticus we heard today. They were camping at Mount Sinai. God had just brought them out of Egypt, rescued them from their long slavery there. And he promised them their own home, their own land, a good land where they could live in peace. But when you get there, he tells them, be different. Don't do what the people in Egypt did or what the people of this new land will do. And don't worship the gods they worshiped in Egypt or the gods the people of this new land worship. Be different. And he says, how? Specifically, Don't reap your fields, God says, right up to the very edge or strip your vineyards bare of every last grape. Leave some for the poor and needy. 80%, 90% is yours. But leave some for the poor, for those who have nothing. I am the Lord. Then he says, don't idolize the almighty denarius. Don't oppress your neighbor, lie, cheat, steal, or take him to court for a buck. And don't become possessed with revenge if you are wronged. If he shortchanged you in some way, whether that be with money or respect or some other way. Relax. I'm giving you a home and your own land, and I'm going to continue to care for you and provide all that you need. Don't sin because someone sinned against you. I am the Lord. And don't take advantage of the deaf or the blind. Be different. Don't be like everyone else. Don't be like the world because you're not. You are mine. I brought you out of Egypt. I brought you through the Red Sea. I am the Lord your God. So act like it. Like you're special because you are. Like you're rich because you are. Like this world is not all there is because it's not. Like you're different because you are. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. Sometimes when we hear that phrase, I think we hear it like parents say it. Like when children ask their parents, why do I have to do something? What do parents say? Because I said so. And here too, why does Israel have to do these things? Because I am the Lord. Because I say so. I'm the Almighty. I'm the Sovereign. I'm the Rule Maker. I'm the Boss. Except that's not how God means it at all. I am the Lord is like the invocation. We hear at the beginning of the divine service here. 
In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, which, as I told the Bible class again recently, is not a sentence. It's a prepositional phrase. It's part of a sentence. And the rest of it is really important. For the rest of it is, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The invocation is a reminder of who you are and what God has done for you. You are a baptized child of God. You are one whose sins are forgiven. You have been washed with the blood of the Lamb in those waters. And so here we are coming to our Father, coming to be with Him, coming to receive from Him, coming to hear Him and to speak to Him. We are special because of his name given to us and put on us. We are different. And so Israel was different. I am the Lord is only part of a sentence for them. They were to hear those words and finish them as a reminder of who they were and what God has done for them. I am the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. I am the Lord who brought you through the Red Sea. I am the Lord who is giving you a home. Those words are gospel, not law. They are what God has done and is doing for us, not do this because I said so. These words mark Israel as different. Because they are. They are the Lord's. So act that way. And then the very next words we speak here after the invocation in the divine service? I haven't. We confess that we haven't lived differently than the world. We've done what they do, say what they say, and worship what they worship. But we really do. We have worshipped the almighty dollar at the expense of prayers, devotion, and families. We have been stingy with the poor and needy. We think of ourselves first. And interestingly, think of sports stars. Politicians, the rich and powerful, the high and mighty, the famous and well-known. What do we call what happens to them? We idolize them because they are. We make them idols. They are what we want to be and try to be and walk on each other. To be. And child of God? No, yeah, well, I am that too, but that's not enough. I want more. I need more. I'm going to get more. So, what did we say? Oh Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Israel had to confess the same as we do. 
That's why when Moses was on Mount Sinai, God didn't just give him the Ten Commandments, but the tabernacle too. That was a forgiveness place. The place where God would dwell with his people to mercy them. And that's what made them different too. Not only what God had done for them and was continuing to do for them, but that he was dwelling with them and caring for them and forgiving them. And because he was, they could for others. The poor and needy, the deaf and blind, and love their neighbor. Because I am the Lord. Because they have a good and gracious Lord caring for them and forgiving them. So they were different. You are different. You are forgiven. So you get to act that way. Not because it's the rules or the law and you have to do so to please God and make up for your sins. No. It's because you are free to be different. You've been freed, mercied, forgiven. So now you get to live that way. And what would that look like to be different? Because you are. Well, it would look like the Good Samaritan. Which is a parable, I think, that is as often misunderstood as the phrase, I am the Lord. Just as I am the Lord is not God saying, because I said so, but rather, because of all that I have done for you. So the Good Samaritan is not just a parable telling us to be Good Samaritans, but teaching us that we have one. You see, that lawyer who came up to Jesus to test him that day thought he could do something to live. He just needed to know what it was and how much it was. And even though Jesus didn't put a lawyer in the parable, he did put two of his friends in there, a priest and a Levite. And I wonder, I wonder if the lawyer had done this very thing on his way to see Jesus, passed by a man in the ditch, passed by someone in need, because, well, he had to get to Jesus to ask him his question. That is something that would be like Jesus to do. Mr. Lawyer, what you should have done is stopped and helped that person you saw in the ditch, but passed by on the other side of the road in your hurry to get here and see me and ask me what you have to do to inherit eternal life when God is the one who gives you eternal life. And so you don't have to do anything. You should have stopped and helped this man because you can. The only thing Jesus could have added at the end of that but didn't is, I am the Lord. But if he had... With that, he would have meant two things. First, I am the Lord who spoke those words to Moses on Mount Sinai, who did all those things for Israel, who made them all those great and precious promises. I am that Lord. And second, I am the Lord who has come now to do them. Fulfill them all for you. Be your good Samaritan, because you, Mr. Lawyer, can't you're the guy in the ditch you were the guy in the ditch beat up and robbed of life 
by your sins, by death, and by the devil. And what good is it to yell at the guy in the ditch to get up, clean yourself up, and save himself? Not much, right? He needed something. He needed someone. He needed saving. But now what do you think the guy in the ditch did after he was saved? After he recovered and got better, what do you think he did weeks or months later the next time he was walking down the road and saw a man in a ditch like he was? Do you think he stopped, looked around and wondered, where is that Samaritan when you need one? Or do you think he was different? Do you think he did likewise? As it had been done to him, not because he had to, but because he could. Because he knows what it's like to lie in that ditch and watch people walk by and not help. Yeah. So every week, this church is filled with people in the ditch. The devil, the world, and your own sinful nature have attacked you and inflicted mortal wounds on you, and perhaps you have on others, intentionally or unintentionally, known or unknown, wounds that if not treated, lead to death. And we confess we cry out for help. And our good Samaritan is here. And comes down in the ditch with us. Just as he did some 2,000 years ago when he came down and was attacked and beaten. And not just left for dead, but really was. With your sin. And your death. And in your grave. But he wasn't a victim. He was Savior. He was the one who came to rescue, to take the place of all in the ditch, all in the grip of sin, death, and hell. By coming for us and getting us, washing us and feeding us, putting us on his own back and saving us. And he still does here. To make us different. Healed. Whole. Saved. Forgiven. So live that. Act that way. Be different. Like you've been saved. Because you are. You see, the Christian life isn't one of asking, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Or, what must I do to be saved? You have eternal life now. You are saved. Jesus did that for you. You've been unditched. Lifted up, lifted out, oiled and wined, healed, restored, and given a new life. And so now... The Christian life is a joyous one of jumping down into the ditches of others. No matter who they are. To unditch them. 
And there are plenty of ditches, lots of them. If we're not too busy to see them, too preoccupied with our own stuff. Ditches at work, at school, your friends and neighbors, on your teams, on your social media. Be different for them. And by being different for them, you will be the same as Jesus for you. The one whose steadfast love endures forever, as we sang in the intro it, whose love and forgiveness and grace and gifts and mercy for you will never run out. Last week, I didn't say anything about the Higher Things Conference that Joanna and I had just returned from and that Rachel and Catherine are at this week. I usually do. But I waited until this week because the chief hymn or the sermon hymn we sang today where charity and love prevail, was the conference hymn or the theme hymn for that week. For the theme of the conference was Concordia, which means with one heart, which the Good Samaritan was with the man in the ditch, which Jesus is with you. But this too, the motto of higher things is dare to be Lutheran. Or if we wanted to put it this way today, dare to be different. Dare to live as one who is saved by grace through faith alone and not by anything that you do. Dare to live this gospel in all your life. Dare to believe that this is really true. And then it defines you and makes you who you are. Because I am the Lord who has done everything for you. I am the Lord who rescued you from your slavery to sin and set you free. I am the Lord who brought you through the waters of baptism. Where you were saved and where your sin and guilt were slain. I am the Lord who feeds you, not with manna, but with the body of Jesus and with the wine that is his blood. I am the Lord who unditches you. So now you go and be different. Go, you are mine. Go, you are unditched. Go, you are free. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.